0: So we are excited this weekend to begin a new series. It's called All Things New. If there was ever a time in history, we need some fresh hope, isn't it now? Isn't it right now? It seems the longer this old world goes on, the worse things get in many ways. And in the famous words of German philosopher, the only thing we learn from history is that we don't learn from history. We don't learn from history. Us humans are experts in making the same mistakes over and over and over again. And guess what? This isn't everybody else's problem. The problem in the world isn't out there somewhere. The problem in the world is right here. I'm the problem. It's my choices. It's my sin and my selfishness. It's my inability to get in sync with God in these ways that often creates chaos. I don't need to look very far. To see the problem with the world and i struggle with my humanity and i desire to be more like Jesus to be more loving and more patient and more kind and i'm a work in progress in that regard and i look forward to the time in a blink of an eye i'll be changed to be like him completely in the meantime we struggle in actuality the bible informs us of what it feels like that struggle that waiting period scripture calls this groaning and it says the whole of creation groans it's like wordless prayers prayer nonetheless but, but deep groanings that arise from our spirit unto God it's not just us that feels the strain the whole of creation is caught up in this groaning Somehow, some way, it's a puzzling thing to think about. But the animal kingdom, as they walk around, groan to their creator. The, the the marine life in the depths of the ocean somehow groan. The birds that fly overhead, agriculture itself, everything about creation is groaning, longing for this final day of redemption to come. Until then, everything suffers under the curse of a world where selfishness rules, and us humans apart of this brokenness we cry out too longing for the resurrection of all things we, we live our daily lives with a sense of angst a sense of um it's not meant to be like this just this week my youngest daughter came home from school in tears as there was a hurt that happened there a misunderstanding between her and one of her friends and just this week my wife shed tears as she remembered her dad's passing on his birthday this past week and no doubt Father's Day for many of us brings up memories not all happy life has its hurts we all deal with afflictions and the common human cry is it's not supposed to be like this it's not supposed to be like this it's not supposed to hurt this much And I think this honest cry is often felt by God's people but not often verbalised by God's people. We probably think it's somewhat irrelevant to say that isn't it? It's like we're bringing an accusation against God! But rest easy friends, the statement's far from rude, it's very right. To verbalise this is to verbalise a spiritual groaning. And the Word of God affirms that things are not the way they're meant to be. We weren't intended for this mess, it's not supposed to be like this. Kids are meant to be valued by their parents, but often they're not. Husbands are meant to be esteemed by their wives, but often they're not. Wives are meant to be treasured by their husbands, but often they're not. The haves are not meant to turn up their noses at the have-nots. This is often the way. People are not designed to struggle under the weight of mental illness, but we do. If there was a divine master plan for the world it's gone horribly wrong yeah. And this is exactly what the mere narrative of scripture is. The first book of the Bible tells us the catastrophic news that we've got out of sync with our Creator and everything's gone wrong. And Jesus arrival into our human context was the divine investment he's not written us off he's not finished with us yet and we have this promise guarantee of him returning one day soon and making all things new and I love this hopeful statement of Billy Graham I've read the last page of the Bible it's all gonna turn out all right. isn't that good news at a time like this that's the message right there for some of you you have my permission to fall asleep just take that statement and let hope fill your heart again Christ is carrying us through it's going to turn out all right the last book of the Bible Revelation tells us the best ever news it's better than all right it's amazing ridiculously amazing if where Jesus follows all things are becoming new in Christ that's our great hope that restoration is on the way and it's to these sentiments that I want to turn as we enter into this new series in Revelation 21. Now you've got the notes in the new version app. I also encourage you to open your Bibles of course. Revelation 21. We're actually going to start at the back end of Revelation 20. And uh, we're going to use this scripture more as a reference point for our discussion today. As It'll be like an anchor for us as we explore some grand themes of eschatology. That is the end times. How the world will end up. As it does eventually come into alignment with God and his ways. So beginning at Revelation 20 verse 11 it says this, Then I saw a great white throne of God. And him who was seated on it, the earth and the heavens fled from his presence. And there was no place for them. You know I hear about the way some people talk about Jesus. I can't wait to get up there and give him a high five. Ha! think again not how this is going to roll the earth and the heavens fled from his presence awestruck verse 12 i saw the dead great and small standing before the throne and the books were open another book was open which is the book of life the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books the sea gave up the dead that were in it and death and hades gave up the dead that were in them And each person was judged according to what they had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. I want to be abundantly clear as we transition into chapter 21. Reincarnation is not in view here. You don't get another shot. We have one life and one judgment of that life. Verse 21 oh sorry chapter 21 of Revelation says then I saw this is John writing as the spirit gives him these visions a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea I saw the holy city the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband I heard a loud voice from the throne saying look And this is amazing! God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these are trustworthy, these words are trustworthy and true. And he said to me, it is done, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. To those who are victorious will inherit all this and I will be their God and they will be my children. This is the word of the Lord. And I had my three words to this saying bring it on, (laughs) bring it on, bring it on I say I grew up with a view of eschatology about how the world was all going to end And what my role in that and how faith played into that It was all for me futuristic, everything about it was about getting right with God now So that I could go to this place called heaven when I died But the relevance to today was almost zero. For me heaven was a fire insurance policy. It was a get out of hell card. So I decided to be a believer so that I may enter eternal life. I pretty much had zero concept of how that affected my present life. Like zilch. And as time went on I collided into thinkers like Dallas Willard who says the gospel is less about how to get into the kingdom of heaven after you die more about how to live in the kingdom of heaven before you die. Now the first time I see a statement like that I go huh and my head spins in donuts and I kind of look at it like a confused dog like will it make more sense if I twist my head no it's still not helping what about this way you know what a dog does when it's trying to understand something I read it upside down will that help no it didn't help much either. Something about this view though sounded magnetic to me at the same time mysterious like it sounded better than sitting on a cloud playing a harp for the rest of all time which was kind of my childish imagination of heaven but I didn't have the slightest idea of how to work this concept into my life where were the handlebars you know how could I plug into it when it came to eschatology my view of the end was pretty much that of an escapee the escapee mindset An influential singer that was formative in my youth, a hippie, saved out of the drug movement in the 70s, was Keith Green. And he had this song, I can't wait to get to heaven. And that was kind of my view of the world at that point in time. I just need to get out of this world and escape into heaven. And in the intro to that song, Keith even says, would you believe these words, this earth is just a garbage can. That's what he says. This earth is just a garbage can. It's just all about getting a pass, getting on that heavenly train and getting out of hell. Reminds me of another song I grew up with which wasn't so spiritual about getting out of this place. Girl there's a better life for me and something like that. When it came to spirituality it was all one way. Which is all about after I it was all way up there somewhere and I built my entire faith experience about getting to heaven one day I even had all these statements to go along with it I'm only here to prepare for there and I would go on camps and farewell friends by saying see you here there or in the air and in the air was the real big deal there so essentially what happened on earth wasn't really important this was just a training run in order to be ready for the real game which was eternity and I had my ticket so I was excited about that I had my mind set on things above not on this earth which Colossians 3 speaks about which ironically we'll be looking at next week then I entered Bible college as an adult and I was shocked that I had to deal with a different perspective totally for the sake of reference I'll call this a missional mindset And this was the complete opposite to everything I'd known until this point. See heaven was not understood as some future location to arrive at after I die. Heaven in its most simplest and basic and stripped back definition was the presence of God. The presence of God. So where was heaven? Well if I've invited God into my life it's right here. I carry it with me. And that was an amazing perspective shift for me. And it's backed up by Jesus. He's the one that said, Whoever has the Son has life. So when's the eternal life started? The moment I invite the Son into my experience. I have eternal life. I'm already living it, I've already begun it. In addition to the Willard quote I had up on the board a moment ago when asked to clarify what do you mean Dallas the kingdom of heaven it's about getting the kingdom of heaven in before you die he explained it like this I I, I listened to him in an interview he said I hope the day I pass over I don't even notice I don't even notice because I'm because I'm living in eternal life and, and it was just like my natural next step because I've been living with Christ for all of these years and he's in me and I'm in him and it's just like my natural next step. So I hope I don't even notice he says. So back to the previous screen thanks. Um, if you've been paying attention over the last couple of years you'll probably know what happened to me next because I've said this often to you whenever we react we overreact we overreact so we never just sort of get perspective on a new view and then come to middle ground we always seem to wind up way over here on the other side of the spectrum and a mature person then doesn't react When you discover a new theological discovery or God reveals something to you, it's not as though you throw out everything you've known to that point. It's that you add it to your faith. You add it to your faith. So you respond. Work on responding rather than reacting. Because when we reaction made, ultimately we always overreact. So all of a sudden, I overreacted. And my fascination moved from up there somewhere to back here. And it was all practical for me. It was about removing injustice from the broken world here and now. Because heaven has come to live in me. And I'm here to bring the kingdom of God. So my actions today all of a sudden became very important. Because in this missional view of the world, the earth is not a garbage can. The earth is God's good creation. He's never given up on it. And now evidence of this is the fact that Jesus presented here as a baby he came and stepped into this broken world he, he put his investment into here into our dirt he could have presented it another way you know you ever seen one of those planes fly over you know will you marry me one of those sort of signs from jesus he, he flies over with the plane and says believe in me and come up here in the air and it could have been done differently this whole rescue mission he didn't have to come down here but he did and he came down for a long time it wasn't just a three-day experience sometimes we make so much of his death and resurrection but he could have dropped out of that plane to carry on the analogy dead already if his death was so critical he could have dropped down dead we put him in a team for three days he rises again and goes back but he didn't he invested in this time and space he invested a lot Jesus caught fish from our waters Jesus got dirt under his heavenly fingernails our dirt on earth he didn't distance himself from this world he incarnated and put skin on he moved into the neighborhood he came to us he dared get involved and he gave us this model prayer then to pray let your kingdom come let your will be done don't miss this part where where should all that happen here in your cafe in your home in your school in your workplace let your kingdom come here just like in heaven so the idea is heaven is touching earth now these are some of the introductory ideas to a missional view of the world i'm here to bring the presence of god and i do that every single day and any injustice of any kind is an opportunity to be missional light right here, right now. And mission then is not something only done overseas, although that matters. But it's a problem if I'm overlooking the mission that's right in front of my nose because there's brokenness there too. And my role is to be a missionary, to bring light into dark spaces, to bring the kingdom of God to bear wherever society presents evil and dark i bring good and godly initiatives to it so the people i met in this stage of my life were quite radical about all this i mean gathering for church for an hour a week on a sunday was not enough for these people we were a sent people 24/7 we were on mission with god And so some of these folks that that, that are friends of mine moved in together, you know, moved into neighborhood together, bought houses alongside each other, if not moved in to one house together. It was all about communal life, it was all about rediscovering the Acts 2 model and doing mission together, bringing the kingdom of God to earth. And... I had friends that that entered into this with deep conviction and thought that they were going to arrive there. Some utopia on earth. If you're in the middle of these extremes trying to process it all, deciphering how it all fits together, then that's okay. And there'll be others in the room that go, I have no clue what this guy's talking about. Well, hopefully I've just saved you 10 years of wandering between the two. Because both of these actually are representative of the gospel of Jesus. God will eventually make all things new in the future. But he's not waiting around for some cosmic green light to come on before he starts. He's already started. He's already started so the future and the present both matter because both of these extremes have elements of truth in them but left alone they've got missing elements some folks so immersed in what's called the missional movement are so obsessed with the present and establishing kingdom of God now they miss the fact that there is a future to worry about and souls still do need to be saved and here I would bring to them a corrective from John Piper where he'd say, I'm interested in eliminating all human suffering, especially eternal, especially eternal. Like we're so busy, some of us nowadays, giving out bottles of water, but we're missing out the Jesus name part. Jesus didn't say give out bottles of water. He said give out water in my name, in my name. If we divorce that from giving them the word of God and the the message of the gospel we're we're selling the gospel short we're missing critical elements if our goal for world utopia is December 31st and we're busily feeding the poor and helping the homeless and meeting all sorts of needs well I stand back and say hallelujah keep it up but make sure you're doing it all in Jesus name and no this world won't arrive at utopia before the king arrives only he will bring total restoration only he will bring the fullness of healing only he will really make all things new because Jesus said it himself he warned us of this when he was coming near the time of his burial there was criticism about so much money being spent on perfume to anoint him for his burial and Jesus says this thing that's very very sad but profound he said to this criticism that why is all that money being wasted Jesus responds by saying the poor you will always have with you poverty will always exist this side of this grand entrance of the king only king Jesus will eradicate all darkness from the world only his arrival human effort won't do but don't miss a critical insight in Revelation 21 for us today earth is undergoing renewal earth is heaven will wind up down I hope you noticed that twice it was there in the reading Jesus is bringing completion of the picture but the completion of the picture is that heaven is coming down The king's final play is to bring his presence down. And so it's wrong of us to think the goal of life is to get out of here so we can go up. No, the final play of the king is to come down and make this a safe place where sin and selfishness and darkness is eradicated. And then the king can finally rule in light and in love and in perfection. When will all that happen? How will all that happen? I don't have a clue there's some elders here that would love to explain it all over a coffee with you this coming week I'm sure I haven't checked with them but I'm pretty convinced they would love all your questions there's a million and one theories about the how and the when and the why most are unsatisfactory oh, I I don't understand the fullness of the mechanics I just know God has a plan and he's going to do it. I heard someone interviewed recently, a theologian, saying, Are you pre-millennial or post-millennial? He said, I'm pan-millennial. It'll all pan out in the end. <laughs> the key insight is this. Jesus Christ is making all things new. And that's what we need to be excited about. That's our headline. He is making all things new. But in the meantime, I don't find the nearest couch and sleep my life away until he arrives no this truth works its way back into the present and us believers live with a hindsight advantage which is an amazing thing so you normally have to live through life in order to have hindsight and look back and go wow if I had my time over again I would see so much more clearly how I should have done this or that that's the benefit of hindsight but we already have it because we already know what the final page says. So we can live with confidence. We know that renewal is coming. And strangely enough, we operate as though we're already there on the other side because whoever has a son has life. Eternal life has already springing up. It's begun in me. So I'm not smashed by world events. I know no, no virus is gonna have the final word on world history. I know how this is ending up it's not a fairy tale, but we will live happily ever after if we are in Christ. It's right here in Revelation 21. There'll be no more death. There'll be no more mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things is past. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, write this down for they are trustworthy and true words if you're a believer in Jesus Christ today you have an advantage you already know how this is going to play you don't have to be rocked by the latest news sure we listen to it sure we're we're relevant to our culture all of that but we're not rocked we're not tossed over because we hear bad news we know the beginning from the end and and our end works its way back into the present we have advanced, noticed, and through the Holy Spirit's impact in our hearts. It's like we can taste it right now. That's hindsight advantage. That's what we have. We know the results. God wins all things new. And because we're convinced of this, two things can happen for us right now. First, the promise of restoration in the future moves me to engage in present restoration i'm not sitting on the couch waiting for the king to turn up i'm part of his team see jesus key message when he called people was not just believe in me sometimes that's where we stop that's not where we where he stopped he said come follow me join in my team join the movement and so i find injustice and i fix it in Jesus name I work on bringing light wherever I see dark and I remember God's final play is not that I escape and get out of here God's final play is restoration coming down the presence of God coming down purifying all that is damaged and wrong with the world in the meantime what I do while wait for this godly descent I become a player I enter under the team and join the restorative movement I know where it's all going I practice the king's arrival by living under his rule and reign right now in this time and space so I join in the prayer let your kingdom come let your will be done here on earth just like in heaven but I realize there's no such thing as utopia here Until he arrives but that doesn't move me to passivity that moves me to to participate and get active and practice his rule and reign right now so what is the mission tell people to believe in Jesus so their souls get saved well clearly that's part of it but it's so much more holistic than that the end goal of the believer is not to sit on a cloud playing a harp the end goal is that we or the goal right now is that we get involved in kingdom restoration knowing it's now if our gospel message is reduced to something like this Jesus wants to save you so that you can wind up in heaven one day it's almost the equivalent of reducing marriage to this you should get married because it's really really cool and after 60 years in marriage you actually get a certificate from the queen you get like this royal reward it's like well sure but JL and Isaac does that sound good to you is that what you're doing this for <laughs> just so you get a certificate you get a reward after 60 years of faithful service <laughs> like is that our message really so for so the next 60 years doesn't matter you're just looking for this certificate one day you're looking for a reward you're looking for a crown you're looking for the trophy when you get to the other side No, no you're missing so much if that's the totality of your understanding of how the kingdom works that's not even close to summing up godly marriage is it that eventually you'll get a certificate from the queen when we describe God's plans for his world in such futuristic terms we're missing the now Jesus will bring all things new when he arrives and we practice that now by bringing the kingdom to bear on every situation. Right now we join the kingdom dream, speaking light into dark places, acting as an ambassador, being an agent for the king wherever we find ourselves. The promise of heaven can now trigger engagement in present restoration and endurance through present sufferings. Every single person in this room is carrying a burden or two. We don't have to think too hard about it. I am, you are. At the AGM last week, and when the vote was announced of my extended call for four years, thanks be to God, I burst into tears. And uh, somebody came to me later and said, Man, <laughs> Are we that bad? <laughs> the, the tears were a combination of all different things. Gratitude to God for carrying me through what has been the hardest two years of my life. Gratitude to God for using me, an ordinary person, in his kingdom work. I'm nothing special. I don't glow in the dark, sorry to disappoint. I'm hopelessly lost without Jesus. Hopelessly lost. And all he's done for me and through me is just his amazing grace. And it's a capital A when it comes to me. And I didn't leave Victoria... Two years ago, because I was running away from anything bad, it was amazing for me there. It was my comfort zone. Everything about it was sweet. Blessing upon blessing upon blessing. Every year of my leadership, the church just kept going to new levels. Everything about it was familiar. It was my hometown. Close family and friends were all nearby. And it's been hard. especially all the COVID limitations, they can't come here, I can't come there and that's been okay up until now but I guess I had this secret dream in my heart after my father passed last year that I'll be back to honour him on his birthday. On December the 31st I'll be at his grave That looks more and more unlikely by the day and it hurts and many of you no doubt will go John I have a, a, a worse war story <laughs> that's not the point I'm not, I'm not trying to make my plight sound worse than yours the point is we all we all have a story we all have a hurt we all have a wound we're all carrying a burden or two it's life in a broken world we're groaning we're groaning in one way or another we're all groaning but our wordless prayers reach our father and he sends us the Holy Spirit the great comforter this morning On Father's Day, I went to the spot here in North Lake. Some of you won't know this. Some of you have heard me say it, but the the week I began at the church here, my father visited, and turns out to be a month before he passed away. And I sat with him at that lake just down the road, and he said to me, "This has been the best holiday of my life," and it's a memory I forever cherish. So I sat there this morning, and I remembered him. And I remembered the time, the last memory shared with him, and I had instrumental music playing in my car, just classical instrumental music. I must be getting old. <laughs> but I, but I thought this tune is unusual because it just seems to fit the mood so perfectly, and I didn't like skip through the CD to find this this track it was just there when I arrived and sat there and so I pulled out the CD cover what what is this tune called it's called epilogue I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit coming to me in that moment saying I looked up the definition of epilogue the final comment after a story this is my epilogue We grieve, but we don't grieve like those who have no hope. And the day comes soon when the Father will wipe away all tears permanently. And I looked at that word in the original language this morning and it meant eradicate tears. He wipes away all tears. He will eradicate all weeping forever one day soon. In the meantime, he stores our tears in his bottle. They're all precious to him. This Father's Day week in May reminds you what an amazing Heavenly Father we have. How close he is. And this promise of all things new flows way, 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 way back to now. And it gives us courage to enter into the mission right now and it gives us courage to overcome our burdens and hand them over to him and the day comes as the music team comes back he will wipe away all tears from our eyes there'll be no more death or crying or mourning or pain here's why the old order of things has passed away as the music team begin coming in and leading us into our final song. I had a vision last night of some of our lives and, and, the, and the vision was of a chess board. And you know, when you, when you see two people playing chess, you, you can just walk up, if you know anything about the game, it's, it's a black and white battle in chess. And, and you can see when you hit the chessboard how a player is going. Whoever's got the most pieces left, right? <laughs> and, and sometimes you walk up and like all left on the board is a pawn and a king. That's all that's left. And, and you look at the, this player and, and this is the white player. There's just a pawn left and a king. And, and, the, and the dark side, the black player is just dominating. And you look at that and you go, sorry, mate, you've got no hope. Like that guy is about to get you in check, mate. But the Lord wanted you to hear today that on some of our boards, all we've got left is a pawn representing you. But if the king, if the king is still in play, that's all you need. That's enough. You and the king are a majority and he is here with us and he is equipping us and he is readying his people to engage in his mission. And in the meantime, when we have battle wounds, because we will, he patches us up along the way through the power of his Holy Spirit. Would you stand and join me for prayer? Lord, we thank you for this amazing promise that you are making all things new. You are making all things new. Help us know what it means to live in the kingdom of God now to begin operating, to begin rehearsing this arrival of King Jesus. In the meantime, we pray, Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done here on earth, just like in heaven. And we bring those battle wounds to you, Lord, right now. You want to stretch out your hands to God. Let his Holy Spirit fill you and heal you afresh today in the areas that you need a fresh touch from God. A physical limitation you're dealing with you now a, a spiritual wound an emotional hurt hand it over let his fresh wind fresh wind breathe upon your life and bring you hope today thank you Lord